We Went Blues is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. You know who's going to need last-minute tickets? Jordan Kyrou's parents. They've been to his NHL debut before, but now back in the NHL, they're going to need tickets to the Blues game at Buffalo on Tuesday night. They'll be able to do that with just uh, two taps on the Game Time app. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on ticket promos up to 60% off. Episode 21. I'm Jeremy Rutherford, and alongside is Bear Jackman of the Athletic St. Louis. We thank you for joining us today uh, for this episode. And Jax, we have some good news for Blues fans. I know that uh, the team has lost two games in a row, and you know, years ago, I remember when panic didn't set in after two straight losses. But now uh, this is a different era in Blues hockey. So the first uh, two-game losing streak in regulation this season has kind of uh, set off some shockwaves here in St. Louis. But there's good news. Never fear, Jordan Cairo is on the way. <laughs> yeah, the cavalry is uh, is coming in, and uh, Blues fans have been waiting a long time for uh, for Jordan to uh, to be getting that that call. And uh, uh, but uh, you know he's uh, he's coming off the knee injury, and we really uh, want him to come in and 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 do well. And uh, the Blues have been great with the patience and. Uh, letting him kind of find his legs under him in uh, uh, in San Antonio, and and hopefully uh, he can give a little spark, a little energy uh, with his speed and with his skill, and uh, you know don't be uh, putting too high expectations on uh, uh, on a young kid, but uh, I think it's going to be nice to to be able to you know have a top six guy that uh, you could possibly throw in there, and and you know maybe uh, make a difference. We're going to get into those expectations for Jordan Cairo, the 21-year-old prospect. We're also going to talk about this two-game losing skid for the St. Louis Blues. We'll also have five for five for Barrett Jackman at the end of uh, the episode today. The questions are pouring in right now, so we'll get to those in just a little bit. But, uh, Jax, Jordan Cairo, the Blues' second-round pick from 2016. They got that pick when they traded uh, your good friend Brian Moose Elliott to the Calgary Flames. They get a second-round pick, and Bill Armstrong and his staff, they do a phenomenal job uh, with the amateur draft. They pick up. Jordan Cairo. He's played just the 21 games in the NHL. I think that covers about three different call-ups. You know, a lot of people were rooting for him, Jax, but uh, you've got to earn that ice time. And I felt watching Jordan Cairo again, we're talking about at the time he's uh, 19, 20 years old, uh, he was still raw and uh, he showed that. And maybe the all-around game wasn't there, uh, but they sent him back to San Antonio. And as you mentioned, he did have the uh, the surgery on the knee. And so uh, I think he's had more time to not only get healthy, but get some seasoning and he's probably better equipped for this call up. Yeah. Uh, it's hard as a young kid to just come in and, and make a big impact. Uh, you know, Jordan's got, uh, he's got the tools. He's a smaller, uh, smaller kid, but he's, uh, he's got, uh, he's got the vision. He's, he's got the, uh, the hockey sense and, uh, his legs are his biggest asset and his, his speed. And, uh, I think in those 21 games, uh, uh, you know, sometimes he, he, he showed some, uh, some great, uh, 
uh, you know, assets. And but at times he's he's kind of played on the outside and and maybe not as uh, uh, as you know, kind of willing to, to go to those dirty areas. So uh, I think he's probably learned a lot. He's been the best player in, uh, uh, along with uh, Nathan Walker, the best players in uh, in San Antonio. And uh, he's, he's going to have a chance to come in here and, and earn his ice time, like you said. he You can't just, you know, put a kid in and, and expect him to play 19 minutes. He's He's got to earn the trust of the coaches. He's got to be able to play on both sides of the uh, uh, of the puck. And, and I think, uh, you know, he'll be chomping at the bit. And this is a huge opportunity with uh, some key pieces out of the lineup. He hasn't played an NHL game since last January. Then he was sent down to San Antonio. Then he had the, the knee injury and had uh, surgery there at the end of the season. Then Barrett in uh, September, when he shows up for training camp, they were really keeping an eye on him, and he really wasn't uh, involved in the practices. Uh, reassigned to the Rampage, and in 16 games with the Rampage, nine goals and 15 points. Uh, everybody you talked to who saw Jordan Kyrou play with the San Antonio Rampage just say he's on another level uh, in terms of that league. So it seems like he's, he's proven everything he can. Uh, but I think the important thing to, to keep in mind here for Blues fans who were wondering why they didn't call him up a week or two ago um, is that they want to make sure he's ready. I think there's something to be said for uh, giving a, a player like Jordan Cairo some extra time so that you know when you do make this transaction, like the Blues did today, calling him up, uh, that he's going to stay up here and you're going to put him in the best uh, possible situation to succeed. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, four or five games in the uh, in the American League isn't really going to get you uh, ready for the NHL. So uh, to be a, a go-to guy, if, uh, uh, you, you got to be playing 18, 19, 20 minutes a game in the American League to, to get your conditioning into uh, game shape and, and uh, you know, just get your vision and, and uh, you know, different scenarios too. So uh, to just call them up after, you know, five, six, ten games, that really isn't enough for, uh, for somebody coming off uh, – off an injury and uh you know a lot of it's psychological too is uh you might be questioning especially with a lower body injury whether you're uh, uh you're ready to go and you you're gonna have to get uh, uh you get bumped around and and you know see uh you know back to back in three and three nights if if your uh, body can handle that and uh he's shown it he's been very consistent in in san antonio and uh, it now is uh, is a perfect time for him to uh, to come up, and uh, especially when the Blues are, are needing that uh, you know offensive boost, and and hopefully he can be that guy that uh, uh, just kind of sparks and and just gives a little bit element, a uh, different element of of speed, and and uh, you know hopefully fits uh, right in with the uh, with the a pretty good Blues team. Yeah, you mentioned that word boost, and it's not too often you'll hear Craig Bruby admit, you know, something that the Blues need. Yeah, granted, he'll say that uh, need to work harder, uh, play faster, things like that. But he actually said yesterday, I was at uh, Enterprise Center, Jackson, said that we could use a boost. Can Jordan Cairo uh, be that boost? I think it's going to depend on uh, where the Blues slot him in, and we'll find out when the Blues are in Buffalo tomorrow night, Tuesday night, uh, for the game. Uh, but the first response you'll see from fans following this team and, and uh, excited about the Jordan Cairo call-up is that uh, where is he going to play? Are you going to give him top six minutes? Are you going to play him 14, 15 minutes a night? Or is this a situation like we've seen with some of the younger Blues prospects in the past where uh, he's going to play fourth line six minutes, sit on the bench, not see much time in the third period? He needs a chance to succeed and kind of put those skills, uh, his speed, uh, and, and put that uh, forth, uh, but he's got to have that opportunity. So, how do you think the Blues will use him? Um, you know, I, I I think 
you know possibly playing them with uh, with Perron and O'Reilly uh, on that second line might be a, a good spot for them. And uh, but you know Chief does a great job of filling out the uh, the game. So uh, you know they they might bump them up and down. It all depends on the, uh, you know how the first period of the game goes, but. Uh, you know, you could see him, uh, you know, playing, you know, probably the second or, or third line, and uh, and if he's uh, if he's got that energy and he's creating some uh, some chances and uh, and and really uh, looks comfortable, they can put him anywhere in the lineup. But uh, I, I don't see him playing on the fourth line because you know want to you know get him comfortable right away, and uh, I think uh, you know second or third line would be. Uh, would be a good spot to uh, to start him out and and you know let him uh, uh, play with some some good players that are offensive minded and and try and uh, you know get him uh, on a roll right off the bat. Yeah, Jax. Uh, for those who missed Saturday's game against Toronto, uh, Zach Sanford left. I believe it was end of the first period. Didn't come out for the second period. Upper body injury. He's been a guy who's been in that spot with uh, Ryan O'Reilly and, and David Perron. Uh, so there is a vacancy there. Craig Ruby did say Sunday that uh, it didn't look like Sanford would be able to play on Tuesday because of that injury. Uh, we're going to get into some more injury updates uh, later on Alexander Steen and Oscar Sunquist, but it also appears that they won't be uh, available to play Tuesday in Buffalo as well. So it looks like that spot is open for Jordan Cairo. So fans that are hoping uh, that he'll get some top six uh, opportunity uh, might be uh, ready to watch on Tuesday as it looks like number 29. At least that's the number he wears in San Antonio. We'll see what he wears up here uh, with the Blues. Was it 33 last time maybe? Uh, we'll be wearing that number for the Blues on Tuesday. Uh, what makes Jordan Cairo so dynamic? For those who aren't familiar with, with uh, what he does and, and the time that they've seen him in camp or, or saw him last year uh, play those games for the St. Louis Blues, the number one thing, Jax, is speed. And um, the NHL has transitioned in the last decade into a speed game, not to say that it wasn't there before, but now you just got the young kids that can fly. Uh, the Blues haven't really had anybody like that, and I think that's what's so intriguing about Jordan Cairo. From what you've seen from him, uh, what do you think about that speed, and, and how do you think his game translates to the NHL level? Yeah, I think he's very explosive. Uh, uh, you know, he's not a heavy kid, but uh, he's got powerful legs, and um, his first three strides and and you know his top speed is uh, is is way up there, and and you know probably going to be in the top 10% of the league uh, uh, in the NHL. And, you know, that speed kills, uh, especially when you have a team that likes to move the puck. And, and uh, you know, the Blues are very good at, uh, you know, having close support. And, and then if you have a guy that can maybe get that extra, you know, step and, and that, that power boost, uh, it's tough for a defenseman to judge that speed. And, you know, if, if you're throwing him up and, uh, if he attacks with speed and the D-men are backed off a little bit, then that creates room for uh, the two other guys, uh, you know, on top of the defenseman as well to, you know, kind of sneak in little holes. And uh, w when he's inside the zone too, he's very smart. He's He seems like he's always in the right position and uh, puts himself in a spot to, to be a shooter. And, and, you know, he's got some, uh, some shifty hands too that uh, are pretty good one-on-one. -on -one. So uh, I think he's got all the tools and uh, he's a natural goal scorer. And, and right now the blues are, are looking for somebody to step up and, and uh, you know, maybe, you know, 
boost the offense, but you know maybe also be a goal scorer. But uh, there's a lot of anticipation. There's a lot of expectations, and you, you got to let the kid uh, you know feel comfortable and and don't expect him to come in and and get you know six goals in the first two games that he plays. Yeah, a lot of pressure on him. And, you know, you talk about that line that he could possibly be on, uh, Ryan O'Reilly and, and David Prawn. They've been terrific. There's a ton of chemistry there. But Ryan O'Reilly stick, still looking for his first goal at Enterprise this year. Uh, his goals have come on the road, uh, doesn't have one at home. Uh, it's curious what he could do to help those two, Ryan O'Reilly and David Prawn, because maybe that speed and, and the defense uh, defenses are going to have to pay attention to uh, Jordan Kyra here could maybe open it up a little bit for uh, guys like Perron and O'Reilly. Um, you mentioned uh, his overall game and, and how he needs to be aware defensively. That's obviously part of his game that had to grow and, and make him uh, deserving of another call-up. You know, Jax, my question is this. Uh, can he be a Craig Berube-type player? And, and that's not to say that Craig Berube doesn't like offensive-minded players. He doesn't, but he certainly likes guys who play that 200-foot game. Uh, maybe that didn't bode well for a guy uh, like Robbie Fabry, some of these guys like a Nathan Walker, they get in there and, and get uh, top-line assignments because he knows he can count on those guys at both ends of the ice. You know, granted, you can't expect uh, Kairou to be a Con Smythe uh, type player, um, you know, but uh, what do you expect from him in terms of his overall game coming up and being able to play in the defensive end as well? Yeah, well, it's it's going to be a very uh, telling tale in uh, the first game. Uh, being in Buffalo uh, on the road, the other team gets the uh, you know the opportunity for last change and and get the matchups they want. So if he is playing against the O'Reilly line, he might be uh, you know playing against a guy like uh, like a Skinner, who's who's also got some speed and and you know thinks more on the offensive side of the of the uh, of the puck. So uh, he's going to have to be responsible uh, defensively and. Um, you know, but he also has to realize that he is the offensive guy and, uh, uh, you know, be smart, but also, uh, anticipate and use that speed to, to transition from the defense to the, to the offense. But, uh, you know, and you said before that, uh, O'Reilly has been scoring on the road more than, uh, uh, at home. So hopefully, uh, you know, being in Buffalo, they'll, uh, uh, there'll be an offensive line and, and, you know, maybe just the chemistry of the three of them, if, if they are playing together, is, is something that uh, sparks the entire uh, offense. And then you're going to have a lot of games at home uh, coming up here at the end of uh, December. So they're going to have to, uh, you know, be a go-to line. And, uh, but, yeah, Jordan's going to have to be, you know, very, you know, conscious of, of both ends of the ice. So uh, he builds the confidence in the coaches to put him out there and, and he gets more minutes and, and you know, gets uh, more of a rhythm in, in the lineup. The second time today, you've taken a word right out of my mouth. This time it's a spark. The Blues definitely need a spark on the offense. Jacks, uh, two goals in their last uh, two games, of course, shut out in Pittsburgh, uh, three to nothing, then two goals against uh, Toronto in that 5-2 loss the other day. They rank 16th in the NHL in goals per game with 2.97. Again, you can't put a ton of pressure on a guy like Jordan Cairo, but they're just at a point where they need to uh, to find something offensively. Yeah, and this is the time of the year that uh, you know lulls happen and and you know different scenarios take place. And, um, they're gonna have to uh, you know find a way to get some points like they did in the first uh, you know twenty twenty five games of the season. They've been been finding a way to you know even if they're not having their best game. Uh, uh, to to get points and and find a little bit of a a jolt in either scoring uh you know a big goal uh getting one on the power play or 
or uh, you know being really good uh, uh, on the special teams and the uh, the penalty kill. So there there's a there's a lot about the Blues game that just needs a little bit uh, extra boost right now. And um, you know the coaches sit there in the office and they they talk about every scenario in in the book and uh, I, they know that they're they're dealing with injuries they're dealing with some key injuries and and uh you know sometimes that wears on on the team so uh they're they're thinking about everything and uh they're they're looking at jordan as just one piece of the puzzle that uh, could possibly uh, you know be a little bit of a switch that uh the, the guys are are uh, you know get that jolt and and you know get a little slap in the face and and uh, uh you know get the uh, you know, a, a spark and, and just some, uh, um, just a change too. So that's, uh, that's what they're looking at and, and we'll see how it goes tomorrow night. Yeah, Jack, so, uh, sometimes I think we're all guilty of when a team loses a couple games like the Blues have, you kind of lump them together and say, uh, you know, the team isn't playing well. But I think you could argue that the two losses, Pittsburgh and Toronto, two different types of losses, that 3-0 loss in Pittsburgh we talked about last week, um, the effort was there. It was the end of a long stretch of hockey. They played nine, nine games in uh, 16 days, but then they come home and they have a couple days off. And hey, you know, who knows how that game would have ended if, if Toronto doesn't get a couple uh, bounces early. But, you know, once they did, they, they played well, they earned the bounces, uh, they took off. And then all of a sudden they're looking at a 4-1 uh, lead Toronto is. And the Blues are kind of behind the eight ball all night long. So it's kind of ha- hard to draw correlations between uh, these back-to-back losses. But I think the one thing that sticks out that a lot of people are starting to ask now is, are the injuries starting to catch up with the Blues? That game against Toronto was their fifth game without four of their top four, uh, top 12 forwards. And also they lost Zach Sanford. Um, even though he isn't producing a ton, you're still talking about playing with 11 forwards uh, the last two periods of the game. Do you believe that the injuries are catching up to the Blues? Yeah, um, but you know, as as fans and uh, uh, you know, and the Blues, nobody needs to panic. It's it's been two games, it's two losses. Uh, um, you know, you, you can look at different points in the game that uh, uh, you know Toronto did get a, a couple bounces their way, and uh, you know the Blues still uh, you know put the effort in. So, um, but yeah, I, I think injuries and. Uh, you know, lots of times guys step in and uh, guys are getting expanded roles and they, they really uh, come in and, and play great and, and seize the opportunities. But over a long stretch, if a guy's not used to playing, uh, you know, 18, 19 minutes and they're they're normally on the third, fourth line and getting, you know, anywhere from 8 to, to 12, it's a, it's a big adjustment. So these guys, uh, you know, kind of taper off a little bit uh, at some point, but um, you know, the, the reshuffling and, and different guys putting in the lineup and, and getting opportunities, you're going to have to take advantage of them. And, um, this is, uh, you know, another one, but yeah, the blues are, are, you know, some of those key veteran players that are out of the lineup are, uh, are big parts of the team in, in long stretches and, and, you know, with Steen and Sunquist and Tarasenko and now Sanford, those are, uh, you know, some guys that, uh, have some experience and, and you definitely miss those types of guys you could really jacks argue the point that uh, the four players that are without and we're not talking about sanford in this conversation uh, but tarasenko and blay and steen and sunquist i would argue that at the time when they went out were four of maybe their six or seven eight 
best forwards at the time. And maybe some people are going to shake their head at that. Uh, Sammy Blay, is he really one of their, their top forwards? And I would argue that the way he was playing, he was. He just brought a different element that they, they didn't have. And then you might argue with me on uh, Alexander Steen, too. Listen, I know he hasn't put up the offensive numbers he has uh, in, you know, earlier in his career, uh, but to me, he was playing smart, disciplined hockey. He brought uh, an identity to that fourth line. Uh, even when he played up on the third line, he looked pretty good. And then we all know what uh, Tarasenko uh, does. So I just think that uh, when you take out four guys out of the lineup, um, these were four tough guys that were, that were tough to lose. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, Vladdy, he he brings that uh, uh, you know that threat of scoring every time he's on the ice. Steiner is a great uh, uh, defensive-minded player now, but uh, is energy and an unbelievable penalty killer, and and very smart and and a leader on the team. And uh, Sunquist is a is a big body that was playing and skating very well and and creating the the energy that the team needed and. Um, you know, Sammy Blay is, uh, uh, he's, uh, he's kind of one of those threats too. He's, he's been, uh, uh, when he's been in the lineup and when he's been healthy has been one of the, uh, you know, kind of, he, he does, does a little bit of everything. He, you know, he's been getting some big goals. He's, uh, uh, he's been throwing the body around and, and creating, uh, you know, some energy as well. So those are, uh, you know, four, you know, big key to any team is is uh you know different parts and and you know uh energy is is what they're lacking right now and and those are uh four guys that kind of bring that after the toronto game uh, jackson had a chance to ask ryan o'reilly what he thought what he would say to somebody who believes that the injuries are catching up to the blues and i thought he was pretty honest with his answer here um oh you know there's a lot of what ifs there you know there's obviously key pieces that are missing of our group that you know, it would be nice to have, but, you know, we're still a good enough team where we can find ways to, to win games like we have been. And, you know, we know what our best game looks like, and it wasn't tonight. You know, it wasn't close to that. So we just have to get back to that, and we'll put ourselves in a much better opportunity. So the Blues do have some good news, though, Jax, on the injury front. Alexander Steen and Oscar Sundquist uh, have been skating. As of yesterday, the report from Craig Bruby was that uh, they would go on the road trip, but uh, that was just for treatment and skating, but uh, wouldn't be playing Tuesday. Uh, so the Blues are home after the game in Buffalo, and perhaps we'll see them at some point on uh, that homestand. Yeah, I've uh, I've actually been on the ice with uh, with those guys uh, a few times over the last uh, last week, and uh, they're both progressing. Um, you know, both lower body injuries that uh, uh, you know kind of you know take time and take some testing and. Uh, they've been uh, they've been looking good on the ice and uh, you know just uh, individual skill drills and stops and starts and turns and, and all that uh, uh, but the real test is going to be uh, getting into uh, some practices with the full team and I'm not sure when that's going to be but uh, when you get in you start battling you start uh, you know doing some unexpected stops and starts and turns and and you know guys are leaning on you this is really when uh, uh, when those injuries really get tested and, and, and knowing and, and getting in traffic and, and uh, getting your vision and, and tempo back is, uh, is a big test for those guys. I was going to ask you, how important is it for those guys to get into a full-scale practice? Because Jacks lately here, the Blues haven't been practicing a lot, taking a lot of days off. And, you know, of course, they talked about that in the offseason, that that would be the case after that long Stanley Cup run, that they were going to monitor uh, the situation. But it can't. Uh, hurt it, it certainly uh, is a big help for Alexander Steen and Oscar Sundquist to get into a full team skate or two uh, prior to getting back in the lineup 
Yeah, uh, you know, I'm less worried about Steiner. Steiner's the type of guy, and I've seen him in the past with injuries. Uh, uh, you think he's going to be out for four weeks, and uh, he skates, uh, you know, by himself for about a week, uh, you know, you know, two to three weeks, and then all of a sudden he just jumps into a game. So uh, he's a guy that's, uh, you know, very prepared and, and, and uh, you know, is, is so good and so smart that uh, he can jump in at any time. But... It is a lot different skating uh, one or two guys on the ice with the you know with the full rink to uh, to move around and then all of a sudden you you know you you throw eight to ten other guys in traffic and and you know things happen a lot uh, a lot different so that's the biggest step is uh, feeling comfortable to to get into that team practice and then uh, having so many bodies on the ice and and thinking quicker moving quicker and and not just a uh, regimented and, and planned out uh, practice plan. You know, getting getting the flow, getting the bumps, and and is the is probably the biggest test before uh, getting into uh, a game. Yeah, weren't you telling me one time that uh, you and Steen, I think you were both out of the lineup, and uh, Steen, it didn't look like he was going to come back for a bit, and then all of a sudden he's in the lineup, and you're like, wait a minute, you know, that's putting the pressure on me to get back in. <laughs> Yeah, it was right at the end of the season. We weren't uh, making playoffs, and uh, Steiner was out with a high ankle sprain, and uh, I had uh, some pins uh, in my finger. Uh, I blocked a shot and broke my finger. and So, you know, kind of our thought was, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that these injuries are good. And uh, we were watching games together. We were, you know, just kind of uh, – uh, you know, we're riding out the last, you know, probably four games of the season and, and thinking they weren't going to put us in. And then we got to the rink the one day and Steiner decided he was going to skate and he played the next day. <laughs> and so I was stuck by myself in the press box. So I said, uh, you know, I could probably play with a broken finger. So I got in there the next game and, uh, you know, following Steiner. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I like how you just say, you know, broken finger, broke a shot, blocked, <laughs> blocked a shot. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, hey, we want to get to uh, five for five before we wrap up episode number 21 of uh, We Went Blues. So solicited some questions today via Twitter, uh, Jax, and I've got them lined up for you. So we'll throw them at you rapid fire here. Uh, when players are out long term, like Vladimir Tarasenko is right now, do they attend the meetings to help them stay involved? That comes from Rob. Um. You know, I, I think, you know, right away, especially Tarasenko with, uh, you know, a six-month injury or, or however long it is, um, the first bit, especially with the surgery, is, is you know, taking care of the body, um, making sure the rest of your body doesn't fall apart when you're uh, uh, when you're in a sling and, and things like that. And, um, you know, you don't want to be a distraction. So you're, you're there a little bit. You're getting your treatment, and, and lots of times uh, – uh, with with travel, the guys being on the road a lot, uh, you get outside treatment from uh, some pretty good physiotherapists that the, uh, the Blues have worked with for years. So um, you're there a little bit, but a lot of the meetings, um, you may talk to coaches and, and coaches will go up to the players and uh, that are injured and, and maybe ask them their thoughts from the outside. So uh, some of that conversations happen, but uh, you know, being in the in the meetings, it, it uh, you're really uh, you're really not. It's more for the guys that are are going to be playing. Question number two, five for five for Barrett Jackman. Who was the hardest player one on one to defend that you ever played against? And uh, you can't include Andy Strickland, so we'll weed him out. Uh, who was the hardest player besides <laughs> Andy Strickland you've ever had to defend? That comes from the chirp. 
Um, geez, there's so many, uh, so many good players. I've I've had the opportunity to play against. Uh, my first year playing against Lemieux, uh, he was amazing. Uh, Yager too, at the prime of his career. Yeah, those guys Just, are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they they might be Hall of Famers. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, just how big they are, how strong they are, and and their their vision and and their hands, and uh, you just you know you feel like you have them, uh, you know, kind of in a in a confined space, and and all of a sudden they just kind of lean on you, and then they see somebody that's on the far side of the ice that they backhand sauce to, and make you look like a fool. But those two were really <laughs> uh, really. Uh, you know, obviously dangerous and, and, you know, two of the best players to ever play the game. And uh, another one was Alexander uh, McGillney. He kind of surprised me uh, on the ice and played against him just a couple games, but he had he had the speed and the way that he could stop and go the other way and just shift. Uh, I, I hadn't really seen a guy that, that played that way, and uh, he was uh, he was dangerous and uh and uh, you know, just you know, explosive and and scary, uh, scary good. Question number three, five for five, comes from our good friend Sarah Jax. She says, as a defenseman, I know you probably watch the game. You tend to focus on the defenseman. What do you think about Justin Falk's utilization? And is there anything about his game that needs improvement? Has he adapted to the Blues game yet? Um. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for him is is going from you know twenty seven, twenty eight minutes and and uh, you know being involved in every aspect of the game and then you know change of scenery, uh, different role. Uh, it, it's tough to adjust, and um, you know I, I think with every every game, I, I think he's had some ebbs and flows, but um, you know just finding his identity in this team and. And uh, and his role and and getting comfortable and and being a more dominant force is what he needs to do. And um, you know whether it's shooting the puck more, whether it's uh, you know defending harder. There's a lot of parts of his game that uh, you know I'm sure he wishes that he was a little bit better at right now. But um, you know it's a long term uh, with him, and uh, I think he's uh, he's only going to improve uh, uh, when the uh, when the games get tougher. Jack's number four, Mike Greider, he has a a technical question here. He says that, uh, what do you think of the trend of D passing up through the center of the ice in the last few years? Everybody was always taught growing up, no, no, uh, but seems to have more traction in the NHL right now. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with four checks. Um, You know, the 2-1-2, 1-2-2. You got to take what you can get. Uh, You know, the guys are... Uh, bigger, stronger, faster in, in some points, and other guys are uh, smaller and shifty and, and you know, kind of take chances. So um, it, it really, it's it's what's on the ice, uh, trying to read through the first uh, four check and, and see where that second one is. And uh, lots of times uh, through the middle is, uh, is kind of the, you know, the risk reward, uh, pass, but, um, the guys are so skilled, um, on the back end these days, every one of them that, uh, they, they can make those plays. And, um, when you're, when you're calling for offense, it's, uh, uh, that's one of those plays that, uh, will, will sometimes, uh, give you an instant, uh, offense and a, and an odd man rush. 
Our fifth and final question comes from Dane Christensen. He says that he uh, wants you to break down the Blues defense the past couple of games. We know that the Blues haven't scored much lately, and, and that's why they need a spark, bringing up uh, Jordan Cairo. Uh, but this defense has been terrific all season long, give up three uh, against uh, Pittsburgh and then a five spot the other night against Toronto. Um, yeah, I think they're playing great. Uh, sometimes bounces just don't go your way. Um, you know, pucks are uh, – you know, even even when you're tying up guys in front of the uh, the net, and you you think you you have it, and uh, you think the bounce is going to go one way, and and there's just kind of a fluke, and it goes the other. And um, you know, there's so many good players in this league, and and some nights uh, uh, the offense on the other side is going to be in the right spot and and score some goals. So I think the way that these guys uh, have been defending this year and 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 uh, skating the puck and 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 uh, uh, just their all-around game. I think it's been uh, been phenomenal, and uh, two games is a is a very small uh, sample size to 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 really nitpick on uh, you know things that are going wrong. But um, they're just yeah they're they're uh, they're getting goals scored against, and they just aren't aren't scoring enough the uh, the other end. That was another edition of uh, Five for Five for Bear Jackman. We appreciate all the questions there. You guys always uh, come through on that. And, Jax, as we wrap up here, uh, circling back to uh, Jordan Cairo, something I wanted to touch on uh, with you earlier, but we'll use it to wrap up here, is uh, the, the pressure that will be on him. There's a lot of talk about Jordan Cairo and, and that he'll be a, a player who can help this Blues offense. And also his teammates, you know, they see the headlines. They see the social media and how Jordan Cairo is going to come up and and be a guy who can take them to a, another level. Just the, you know, just the, the reaction from those teammates, how they can help him deal with that pressure, and then also uh, not get too wrapped up in, in what everybody's saying about Jordan Cairo. Yeah, it's, it's going to be up to the leaders, uh, O'Reilly, uh, Perron, even you know Steiner will uh, be on the trip, and you know maybe I'll uh, you know sit him down, and and lots of times too, it's. Uh, it's the young guys in the room that you know Jordan might feel a little bit more comfortable with. Could just uh, you know pull them aside and and say, hey, you know what? You just have to play your game. Don't feel like you have to be in the score sheet. You just have to be an all around uh, player and 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 contribute and and you know stick to what uh, you do best. And and the coaches too are going to be uh, you know keep a you know a close eye on him and and you know don't let him uh, feel uncomfortable in in his game and. Um, but yeah, he, he's he's gonna do well. Um, expectations are high, especially when you have the injuries. But uh, he's gonna put pressure on himself too to to, to possibly stick with this team, and um, everybody's been waiting for him. So uh, expectations are high, but you're a professional hockey player, and and this is your dream, and and uh, you know he'll have uh, the coaches will put him in the right spot so he doesn't uh, he doesn't fail. An intriguing game to watch uh, either way, Jack. So Blues trying to end that two-game losing skid. They go to Buffalo before coming back for a, a lengthy uh, homestand. And uh, we'll, we expect to see Jordan Cairo in the lineup after today's call-up. By the way, Austin Paganski all call, also called up today, Jax. Uh, probably an extra body. Uh, take that extra forward on the one-game road trip to Buffalo. Paganski was with the Blues uh, last week, but went down to play one game uh, with the San Antonio Rampage, and now he's back. So we hope we have you set up for Tuesday's game against Buffalo. It'll be a fun one for Barrett Jackman, for Jeremy Rutherford at the Athletic St. Louis. Tell your friends about us. Please subscribe to the Athletic.com. That was episode 21 of the We Went Blues podcast. We'll talk to you later in the week.